Mindfulness Mode 370. They need to communicate with people. I really think that's what people need. They need to feel that somebody loves them and cares. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness right here on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Lankford. Hey, Mindful Tribe, I'm so glad you're here today. Thanks for subscribing. And if you're new and maybe you haven't had a chance to subscribe, that would be awesome. If you would, you can subscribe on iTunes or on Stitcher, Spotify, any of those apps where you listen. I think you're going to enjoy today's show, Mindful Tribe. Before we get started, I want to share a little bit about this. Have you ever thought of launching your own podcast? That's something that almost anyone can do. And I want to tell you that you will need to do some research and figure out how to do it. One of the things is you'll need a host, a place to upload your episodes. And Podbean is where I upload mine, and Podbean is wonderful. The cost is reasonable. They're so helpful. They're built specifically for podcasters, and they've been around for 10 years. Like I said, the pricing is super competitive. It's $9 a month, no matter how much content you upload, and they have great stats as well. You can help support Mindfulness Mode and get a month for free with my affiliate link. So just go to podbean.com forward slash podbeanmm, standing for Mindfulness Mode. And on that note, let's move forward to learning more about mental health and how Ruby Mabry is helping the world to be a better place through what she does. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Hey, Mindful Tribe, this is going to be an interesting discussion today. I have Ruby Mabry with me today. Hey, Ruby, are you in mindfulness mode? I sure am. That's good. Ruby Mabry is a serial entrepreneur. She's the CEO of several mental health facilities. She's had over 30 years experience in healthcare. That kind of reminds me of my wife because she has over 30 years experience in healthcare as well. Ruby's leadership has allowed for the expansion of her facilities that has brought recognition from her peers, social workers, and the Agency for Persons with Disabilities. She's also the founder of Zofinity Clothing, and she's an inventor as well. She's a member of the Greater Haitian American Chamber of Commerce, and in her spare time, she volunteers with hospice and also with Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Her goal is to continue writing more books and giving back because she's a firm believer that you haven't learned how to live until you learn how to give. Her passion is spreading love and positivity. And she'd like to continue to contribute and support women empowerment movements. So, Ruby, what does mindfulness mean to you? Mindfulness to me means having a shift in your mindset, being present in the moment, and also being aware of your surroundings and living in the moment. Well, it sounds like you've accomplished a lot in your life, and I'm, I'm interested to hear about your work with mental health facilities and in healthcare over 30 years' experience. How did you start out in the field of healthcare, Ruby? I started when I was 15 years old at Florida Hospital. That's my entire family worked at the hospital, uh-huh. and it started from there. I just have a passion for helping people and always wanting to give back. That's just, it's always been in my nature. So did your parents work there as well? Yes, 
Yeah. And so what roles did you fill there at the hospital? Well, I worked in central processing. I was delivering medical equipment to the floors. Okay. Like surgical equipment. Okay. And then where did it go from there? Then I went to nursing school. Then I became a healthcare administrator, also in medical transcription. I see. Okay. So then you were uh, working in that area and where did things evolve from there? I ended up uh, working from home. My daughter was like one and a half when there were some things that were going on at daycare that I wasn't too happy with. And Mm -hmm. so I tried to find something to do at home. And that's when I started doing medical transcription. Wow. Very creative. And is that your first time that you started being an entrepreneur? Yes. That was the first time I did that for 10 years. Worked from home. Oh, very good. So So you worked from home for 10 years. And then where did you go to? Then I started my facilities for the Mentally Challenged. Yeah, I see. I've been doing that for 15 years now. Tell me about the work you do with the Mentally Challenged and the facilities you offer. We uh, get our clientele from the state. They provide the clients for us. And it's basically residential homes mm-hmm. that are facilities. And we basically train them and help them with their activities of daily, daily living. And so you're the CEO of several mental health facilities, and Mm -hmm. tell me about them. I have two, and they're in the community. Nobody knows this, but they're residential homes. They're mixed in with regular homes, just so that way it can be a home environment for them. And how many people live in each home? Five. Five people. So is it it, um, a regular family that has five people living with them? Is that how that works? No, it's actually my home that I purchased. And they live in my home, but the state comes out and inspects every single month to make sure we're in compliance and we're doing what we need to do. Okay. So it's basically 24 hour care for the residents. Yes. They're gone during the day though. They go to a work program just to keep them busy. And then in the afternoon they return and they're there until the next morning. And are they all age groups? From 18 and up. Oh, 18 and up. Mm -hmm. And so do you sometimes have seniors in your homes? Yes, the oldest that I have is 72 years old. Oh, okay. So it's quite a mix then. Oh, yes. The youngest is 28. Okay. And tell me about some of the wins that you've had at creating this. I'm just so thankful, and I just love taking care of them. They bring so much joy. I learn something from them every single day. Sometimes you think, people think we're helping them, but actually they're literally helping us. It's just mm. wonderful to see, the, to see the milestones with, like some of them can't brush their teeth and we've trained them to learn how to do that, fix their bed, wash their face. So it's just wonderful to see those type of wins at the facility. Well, it's wonderful to hear your passion, the passion okay. that you have for helping people. That's, that's terrific. Now, are you a person who meditates? Is that part of your life, Ruby? My meditation might not be the typical type of meditation, but I like to listen to inspirational music. Mm-hmm. I like to take walks. I like to write. I love to sit by the pool and just listen to the water splash against the wall. I like quiet time. So that's my form of meditation. And what is your biggest challenge in life? Trying to please everybody. that That's the problem. I'm a people pleaser. Yeah, that's my and, biggest challenge. And how have you tried to address that? In 2018, I said that I'm going to eliminate that period. I'm going to eliminate that. And I'm just being more stern, saying no, and just going to following through with it. 
you're no longer going to be a people pleaser now. No, absolutely not. <laughs> like that's a huge turnaround. That's like a U-turn. Yes, yes. I How have. are you going to do it, Ruby? Yes, I'm going to do it because I'm. I find myself getting taken advantage of, so I have to put my foot down. Are you going to become mean? No, no, I'm never going to be mean. I'm always sweet and compassionate. But how are you going to pull this off? How are you not going to be a people pleaser? If somebody says, come on, Ruby, come on. Like, I really need help. I really need help right now, Ruby. I'm so sorry. I can't help you. Do you realize how upset you've made me? I am so sorry. I'm so sorry that I made you upset, but I still cannot help you. So you are completely determined to change your ways. Yes. Well, I have to say, you know, in looking over your bio, reading everything you've accomplished, you're a very determined person. So, I mean, there's no reason for me to think you can't can't become a different kind of person. Uh, Tell me about your own family. Do you have a, a partner or do you have children? Yes, I am married to my high school sweetheart of 29 oh. years. Uh, we're retired U.S. Army. He was in the military 21 plus years. And I have two beautiful children, a girl and a boy, one 28 and the other 18. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you've written books. Tell me about some of the books you've written. I've written five thus far. I've written Moments of Inspiration, What is a Courageous Woman, Woman on a Mission Leaving a Legacy, and I'm missing one. Goodness abounds. Goodness abounds. So you have a particular interest in helping women, I think, don't you? Yes. Why is that? Because women, we, we're always targeted, I feel, in social media and picked on. And we tend to have low self-esteem. So I like to uplift women and make them feel good about themselves. You know, sometimes they might be a size two. And they think they're overweight because of what society places on us. So... I love to encourage them, you know, divorce women, abuse, that type. Have you ever been bullied in your life? Do you have a story where mindfulness would have helped you? I have a story. I have not been bullied, not in school, nor as an adult. You know, I think, honestly, I bullied myself. I was always thinking I had negative self-talk back in the day. Mm -hmm. And I would tell myself I wasn't good enough. I wasn't pretty enough. And mindfulness definitely was not part of my vocabulary or in my thoughts. But in middle school, my older brother, he was born with hydrocephalus. That's water on the brain. Okay. And a classmate was picking on him. And my sister and I, unfortunately, got into a physical altercation with this classmate. At the time, I know it was not right. And maybe if I, well, if I would have used mindfulness back in the day, then I would have calmed my mind and realized that I need to communicate instead of um, fighting back. That's a good story because you were just, you were in the moment and you yeah. wanted to do something right? and you did do something and you, you certainly helped out the situation, but that wasn't the right way to do it. Exactly. What would, what would the right way to do it have been? Do you think? Tell the teacher. I mean, that's what they tell you to do. Tell the teacher, but still for us at that time, that was not, it was just really bad. And Ruby, you know what? I don't know if things have changed that much because no. I have a lot of people telling me, you know what? I know I'm supposed to tell the teacher, but I've done this over and over and over and nothing got done. So exactly. that's why I took matters into my own hands. So how yes. do you deal with that? What do you do if you feel like nobody else is going to do anything if you don't do it? As a child, I felt that I did the right thing then. As an adult, I would actually just talk to the person 
and say that this person didn't ask to be born this way. Why would you be, you know, picking on him? That type of conversation, because, you know, they, they didn't ask to be born. You know, nobody asked to be born with a handicap or disability. So no. I would communicate. Right. Living in Florida, are you able to get outside a lot and enjoy nature? I noticed you you mentioned about the sound of the water by your mm-hmm. pool. What about, are you near the ocean? Do you get to go out near the water? No, we have beaches here, but um, I'm not near. Right. Know, I have to drive maybe 30 minutes away. Oh, well, that's not so far. Not bad. So do yeah. you go very often to the beaches? Not as often as I want, but I do. Yeah, it's peaceful. That makes sense. You know, I live in in Canada and I live near the Great Lakes. So I could get to one of the Great Lake beaches in about 30 minutes. And now not at this time of year, but it's beautiful in the summer. You know, this time of year, it's still beautiful. It's just kind of cold. Exactly. (laughs) You know, but uh, it's still... It's still a very mindful experience to go out and be where the water is, be yeah. there on the beach, even if it is cold, even if, you know, there's snow and everything else. It's just, there's something about nature, isn't Nature, there? yes. Just being outdoors is a total different scenario. I just love it. Yeah, I do too. So you are a firm believer that you haven't learned how to live until you learn how to give. And I mean, most people I know are are great givers and and receivers, but I do know people who do not know how to receive, and mm-hmm. they really don't know how to give either. Where would you start with someone like that? Just come from your heart. How would you feel if you saw somebody on the street that's homeless? You know, what would you do to assist that person? And that's how I look at it. I'm always thinking from the heart, how would I feel if my family member was on the street? How would I feel if... Uh, somebody was being abused by someone or that they needed clothing, food, shelter. So you have to look at it from the heart. That's how I do everything from my heart. And so the trick becomes how do you do that and involve your heart, but still keep this resolution in place where you are not going to be taken advantage of? That's the hard thing, isn't it? Well, I don't feel that I would be taken advantage of because I'm the one who's actually going to these places and giving to them. So I don't feel that I would be actually taken advantage of. Well, I have a feeling that you're pretty much in control. And I don't think that, you know, I think it's going to be difficult to take advantage of you for sure. But, (laughs) uh, you know, with your facilities that you have, is that a a position where you have to be there every day, every week? Is it easy to get away and have some, some Ruby time? It is easy to get away. I'm home today. Yeah. It's easy to get away. I'm usually there four days out of the week and I let the staff handle the others. And if you could go anywhere in the world as a getaway for say three weeks, where would you go? Either going just one place. Yes. I want to go to Paris. That's where I really want to go. Yes. And I want to go to Africa. So I, I like those two places. Have you traveled very much in the world? Yes, I'm always traveling. We're military, so we were always moving around. <laughs> so you've been to many places then. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it's wonderful what you're doing to help the the people at, at your facility. But I want to know about your most recent book. And uh, tell us a little bit about what you put into that book and how it can help our listeners. Well, the most recent one was What is a Courageous Woman? And that one was like 78 authors. And basically, 
that's the title of it. What is a courageous woman? And that's the question that all the 78 authors had to answer. It's just there to uplift the women. It's good for women's shelters and churches and just to uplift women in, in general. That's what the book is about. And so now that you've finished that book, if I ask you, what is a courageous woman? What would your answer be? Oh my goodness. Somebody with strength, love, compassion. That's the three that I can think of offhand. Strength, love, and compassion. And what happens if somebody gets hurt over and over and over again? Maybe they've been hurt by their parents, mm-hmm. maybe by a spouse, and that compassion just dwindles each time, and they get left to this place where they're bitter and they're just unhappy uh-huh. and, and so on. What would you do to help that person? Well, I would, I would uh, turn them to counseling. They would need some type of counseling, some form of counseling. That's what I would do, just because I don't feel that I'd be able to give them everything that they need after something like that. So they need professional help in that situation. In North America, we have a real problem with depression. What do you think the solution is? My goodness, I work with people who are depressed every day. I have family members who are depressed. Unfortunately, everybody's on medicine. Everybody's on medicine and they're drugging them up. I think they need to communicate with people. I really think that's what people need. They need to feel that somebody loves them and cares. Because a lot of these people who are depressed, oh, they are in a terrible place. They really are. So I think that's what they need, communication and love. They need a counseling group. They need uh, support instead of all this medicine. Yes. And how can we find support? Where would, where would you look? Where would I look if I were a woman who felt depressed and lost? You can Google it. It's in the phone book just to find, find community, local community help. And get into a group where I can actually talk with yes, other people. Yes, you can talk it out. Yes, that's what they need to talk about it. They feel that no one's listening, so they're depressed. They're on their own. And sometimes trauma has caused this. Yeah. Do you ever deal with people who have been through traumas? Uh, no, I haven't um, dealt with that. No. Because I know that that can be a, a real difficult thing. And, and of course, people in the military sometimes are in yes, that position as well. I know quite a bit with PTSD. Yeah. They, they're going through it. Yes. Right. Yeah, they yeah. undergo counseling as well. They all go through counseling and medication, unfortunately. Yeah, there's so many people out there, like you say, who are medicated. And it seems to me it's time that things start to change and we take a more holistic approach. Yeah. Yes. I totally agree. Even like we were talking about going to the beach, those type of things make their minds move. They need stimulation. And it's, it's a real problem here in the United States with this medication that they keep pushing and pushing and the people become zombies. You know, I know people that at doctor's offices, they're on six different types of medication for depression, bipolar. It's just, it's, it's really crazy. And speaking of moving, mm-hmm. what does it look like in your life when you're moving? Do you have an exercise program? How do you keep yourself vibrant? Exercise three times a week. Exercise, oh, yes. Do you go to a club? Do you go to a, an, a, a like a gym? Yes, my husband pushes me. <laughs> oh, good. Yes, I go to and the gym. Does he do that too? Oh, yes, he does. Yes. So you both go to the gym. Yeah, with the type of business that I'm in, I have to exercise. I have to do something to stimulate myself, keep busy, active. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. It sounds like you just keep moving forward, moving forward all the time. It doesn't sound like you're a person who has gone through 
um, times of de- depression or discouragement. Have you ever had that in your life? I have. That's what prompted my first book, uh, Moments of Inspiration. I, my mother had passed and I went through a terrible two years of depression and it was hard to come out. I didn't see anyone. I just stayed home, went to my businesses and went to the grocery store. That's it. How did you get out of that? Honestly, what happened is uh, something came over me. It's like an overwhelming feeling of peace came over me. And I have have had a different mindset ever since. Hmm. Does diet play a role in your life to help you to feel better and vibrant and and so on? What's your diet like? What kinds of foods do you eat? I eat uh, fish. I eat. I love salad. I'll eat salad every single day. I love bananas. And I like fruit, grapes, Mm -hmm. oranges. But I try not to eat a lot of red meat. Sounds like a pretty healthy diet. I try. Yeah, I'm trying. (laughs) That's good. Well, Ruby, as we move toward the end of the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. And the first one is this. Who is one person who has influenced mindfulness in your life? My mom. She's the epitome of strength. My mom. Yeah. Wow. That's great. How has mindfulness affected your emotions, Ruby? Mm, Mindfulness. Mindfulness is at the forefront of everything that I do because I have to maintain a positive mindset to make it through every single day. And the type of business that I'm in, my emotions are all over the place. And so I try to think positive, try to associate with positive people. And uh, it keeps me elevated, keeps my mind elevated. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice. Oh, wow. Breathing is very essential to my mindfulness. Uh, I began having panic attacks when my mom passed away, and it was a scary feeling. I I literally needed to use a brown paper bag to breathe out of. That's how bad it was. And breathing basically assists me with my anxiety. And I basically take a deep breath deep in my belly, and I count to 10, and then exhale through my mouth, and it relieves my stress and my anxiety. I try to focus on positivity and everything that I'm grateful for. If you could recommend a book, which is related to mindfulness, what book would that be? Moments of Inspiration. That's my first book that I put out. became an international bestseller in four different categories. And it's all about uplifting and inspiring people, about self-love, self-worth. Beautiful. It's a feel-good book. (laughs) Beautiful. And can you share an app? which helps you to be more mindful? Honestly, I don't have an app, but as I stated earlier, I love music. So I I listen to a lot of music, whether it's instrumental, inspirational, gospel, and that totally puts me in a happy space. Well, that's great. How can we get our hands on your books, Ruby? Either on Amazon, it's there, or you can go to www.liveonpurposemastermind.com liveonpurposemastermind.com. So then does that mean you run a mastermind? I'm forming a coaching program. So that's why that is set up. And what kinds of things will you offer to the people who sign up for your coaching program? Free resources, tools, uh, tools that help them gain employment, webinars, uh, virtual seminars, uh, free journals. Like if, if they go to my website now and sign up, they'll get a free gratitude journal. Oh, great. So we can get that right away. Yes. 
Wow. Immediately. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. Well, you know, not only are people going to receive all of those things, they're going to be inspired by you, Ruby, because, you know, having talked to you and everything you've done and your passion to help people, that is inspiring. Thank you. Thank you for all the work you do in the world to make the world a better place. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. I want to thank you again for being on the show and uh, wish you all the very best as you move forward with your with your mastermind program. All right. Thank you for having me. Have a great one. Okay. Yeah. Bye, Ruby. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and type the guest name or the episode number into the search bar. You can also go mindfulnessmode.com slash whatever episode number you like. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by subscribing to Mindfulness Mode wherever you listen, whether it's on iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, so many places you can hear Mindfulness Mode. So hit subscribe and share because that truly helps our show. And remember, if you're thinking of launching your own podcast, you can get a free month at Podbean with its awesome pricing and fantastic stats. Uh, you can just do that by going to podbean.com slash podbeanmm, standing for mindfulness mode. So remember, subscribing and sharing helps keep mindfulness mode on the air. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.